Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeart, Spotify, the rest of the cluster of podcast outlets out there. Um, I, you know, I, I love doing different things when it comes to this show. I mean, obviously, I like to stay topical on what's going on in sports and all the hot news and things of that nature. But as you've seen in the past, I like to just focus on specific stories. This episode, it's going to be a little bit of both. I want to tackle the obviously the big elephant in the room. If you are a big baseball fan, opening day and the the big deal that it is, because let's be honest, it's a huge deal in this country and parts of Canada, I should say, you know, Toronto mainly, because this is the time where all those teams and all the different problems that they've had are kind of wiped away and you have the opportunity to start off fresh. You know, everyone's 0-0. Zero, zero. Obviously, there's 162 games out of the year. Everyone feels good about themselves, even if you're like the worst team on paper. And that happened to be the case with the uh, Baltimore Orioles coming into Yankee Stadium to play the Yankees, who are a highly favored to not only win the American League, but also win the whole thing, win the World Series. That's the, the obvious goal. Now... There's no secret if you've been listening to the show that I am a huge Yankees fan. I, you know, I root for them no matter what. I understand people say, oh, they win all the time. We haven't won in 10 years. Notice I'm saying we. The Yankees have not won a title in 10 years, and it's starting to really get under everyone's skin. I mean, you're talking about such a drought for a team that was winning, I would say, maybe every other year at one point. There's been such pressure put on this season squad just looking at the names on the roster obviously Giancarlo Stanton you still got him you got Aaron Judge uh you made some um additions adding Tulowitzki to replace Didi for a while as Didi recovers from Tommy John surgery so there's a big hope that this team is ready to take that next step ready to overtake the uh the dreaded Boston Red Sox for the top spot in Major League Baseball and this was the uh, the big the big hype, you know. So, with all that being said, opening day takes place. I attend. Got some pretty good seats, by the way. So, um, special shout out to the Connect on that. And the first thing I think about is just like the crowd's reaction, because you always want to try to measure out the crowd and and how everyone feels about going into a season where you're expected to win the whole thing. And it was just as I expected. I mean, from the the moment I stepped into Yankee Stadium, the crowd was up. Everybody had that playoff energy for game one of 162. That, to me, let me know just this is what we're looking at. Uh, Luke Voigt, who is currently in that whole, like, first base platoon slash battle with Greg Bird. Who's going to be the regular starting first baseman? They don't have to worry about that as of right now because of Aaron Hicks's injury. So they've been playing a lot of um, first base for Greg Bird and then some DHing for Voight. There was you could already see the fan base has already made its decision for Aaron Boone, and it appears that everyone wants Luke Voight. Voight has been incredible since coming over in the trade last year from the St. Louis Cardinals. He's fit in with the Yankees. He's an excellent fastball hitter. The guy is up there at the plate. 
and he's making the right decisions out there. And that's something that you want from your first baseman. In terms of a glove, it's not really the best glove in the world, but, you know, Bird does give you a little better glove in terms of defensive uh, positioning. Bird is a very good hitter when he's hot. But with that being said, he's such a great hitter hot. When he's cold, he's as cold as you've ever seen any Major League Baseball player. So going into and just watching this game, you knew that every fan was going to be looking at, okay, who's got who's having a better game, who's having a better, uh, who's looks better each game. Each game's an audition because there's no guarantee that the person that loses out on this first baseman battle is even going to have a spot on the team. There's a chance that he he could be traded for some pitching prospects because you can always need more pitching. This that's just a thing. Or um, somebody else. Uh, it's really a, a a battle that both guys need to win if they want to remain with the Yankees. Voigt got everything pretty much going, hitting the huge home run, putting the team up just to start the game. And Greg Bird, immediately after striking out, I believe it was for his third time in a row in that game, heard the boos. I heard some fans saying, get ready to go to Trenton. Um, Trenton, and if people don't know what Trenton is, Trenton is the uh, the minor league affiliate of the New York Yankees. So people were saying that, and it, it was already a tough time for Greg Bird out there. And the fans are just not going to give him a break, let's be honest. But his fourth at bat, he made sure to deliver, hitting a home run, and everyone loved him again. And yet we're still in this whole situation of who do we prefer, Voight or Bird? Now, the Yankees would go on to win this game. And what I'm going to do actually a little later in the show is play some of the audio and some of the clips, the things that you hear at the stadium. One of the main things which you have to look forward to on opening day is the announcement of the lineups and the announcement of the actual Yankees that made the roster. The other big thing when it comes to opening day is bringing back a legend to, uh, you know, throw the first pitch or just uh, share some words of wisdom to this team. And the obvious legend to bring back for the Yankees was Mariano Rivera, since he was just uh, unanimously the only person in baseball history to get unanimous votes for the Hall of Fame. That is such a huge deal. He threw a first pitch, and he actually spoke to the media uh, before the game. And he said something very interesting. He basically said that this time the team needs to win. This is a must-win year. They're tired of losing. Like I said, they haven't won a title since he was pitching. So it's been 10 years since the Yankees have won a title. And that pressure is on the team right now. Uh, as I record this, they just are fresh off a loss against the Detroit Tigers. So they're 2-3. and three. Mind you, no one's jumping off a cliff in April after five games. But you still have to keep in mind, it's a... It's a huge season. Everyone's going to be critical of this team. They have all the pieces to win it on paper. There's no excuse for having a bad start or just struggling this season. Aaron Boone's has he has a tough a real tough uh task right now. You don't want to go through a season where you're struggling for a wild card again and even though he won 100 games last season, the the, the Red Sox are going to be good. They're still going to be good. You have to win the AL East. That'll call, that'll really calm most nerves here in the Bronx or in Brooklyn or whoever the Yankees fan, I should say. 
just because you have to win a division, you got to set the tone. This team needs to win. So all these different injuries, uh, Miguel Andujar went down. You also had uh, Dylan Batances is working his way back. I already said about Didi earlier. Standings down for 10 days. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with this team. Ellsbury, I don't even want to get into that right now. That's a whole nother story. But opening day, I just saw the urgency in terms of the fan base and wanting to win, wanting to get things going, and just just tired of the losing right now. So it's a, a big deal. I'm going to revisit talking about Yankee Stadium, talking about opening day, and talking about the food because, like I said, this is more of like a two-parter of this episode. We're talking opening day, but I also want to focus on fitness, eating right, and the different things that you have to do to keep your body right for not only athletic competition, but just everyday life. And that's, that was one of my main things I want to emphasize on uh, these upcoming episodes as we head into the summer. And I want to actually introduce this because I've never actually talked about this on this show, and that is vegan meals. Now, you hear a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to go vegan. You know, what does that actually mean? Does it mean I'm a vegetarian? Well, obviously, it just means no meat, no dairy, anything that comes from an animal you just cannot have. I, I'm still, I'm not a vegan. If everybody that's wondering, I'm not a vegan. But I do enjoy the food that is made. There's are special vegan cu- cuisine that's made around the city. Red Bamboo is where I was at last week. Amazing place. I'm really a big fan of the way they prepare their meals and just it gives you the similar taste to what you're used to. But once again, it's not made with any meat or any dairy. So I I just go with it and it, it really works for me. I think I suggest it for anybody else out there, as well as any other places in Brooklyn. The V spot's a very good spot as well. And uh just definitely look into it or even just try the food out. Now, obviously, I'm not an expert on this, so I thought I should bring in an expert in regards to talking about this situation. So I was able to hit up another fellow SUNY College at Old Westbury alumni, um, Miss Jazz. That's how she wants to be known as right now. Miss Jazz, she also works for BET, and uh, she is a, a full vegan, follows a, a special um, a vegan challenge that she actually learned from Beyonce, and she's going to tell us all about it. It's really cool and it's really interesting. It, it's something that may inspire some other people to want to try this challenge. So you could also follow her on Instagram, Little uh, Vegan Fit. I'm going to spell it out and everything a little later in the show. But uh, she does a great job at just showing the day by day process of how she has to eat the, you know, what type of food she's eating, what she's drinking, and it's uh, it's really a cool process. So definitely looking forward to that. And uh, she has, like I said, she has plenty to say. If you have any thoughts on what she's talking about, feel free. Hit me up at Ed Easton Jr. as well. And I'll relate a message, but also hit her up directly through her own Instagram at little underscore bit underscore vegan fit. And once again, I'm going to spell all that out a little bit later in the show. Uh, Definitely send all your messages to her. So before I go to break, I usually just go right into, you know, like the next uh, PSA or something of that nature. We had a uh, a horrible tragedy within, and I got to be honest, within the black community and hip hop community with the um, killing of Nipsey Hussle, 
uh, Grammy-nominated rapper, uh, but more importantly, what he did for the community, what he meant for just uh, helping young black men, helping young black people in the community, and just in doing the right thing, uh, just sharing his experiences and trying to get people onto a better path. Obviously, everyone talks about the documentary he was working on, and it's, it's just a, a very devastating situation. Our condolences, our heart goes out to Lauren London and, you know, the family. It's it's ridiculous when you hear something like this. And we talk about it so much just about, you know, love and how we have to appreciate each other and, and really value each other. This is a very um, tough time for anybody that's not only a fan of him, but just a fan of, of change and uh, making positive strides in the world. And I just really want to take the time to acknowledge that. And just, you know, before I go to break, like I said, play a little bit of of Nipsey and, um, you know, rest in peace. That's that's the that's just something that we cannot have to continue to happen in our community. And I just really hope, you know, that we once again learn this lesson. We learn this lesson and build and be better from here. You listen to Sports Social with Edison Jr. We'll be right back. Time is sold, 100 pro flow, running shoot pro, 458 drop, playing bulletproof soul. Every few shows, I just buy some new gold. Circle got smaller, everybody can't go. Downtown Diamond District, jewelers like yo. Hustle, holla at me, I got Cubans on the low. Through the Cancun, smoking Cubans on the boat. Then dock that Tulum just to smoke. Look, listening to music at the Maya Ruins. True devotion on the bluest ocean, cruising. My cultural influence, even revolution. I'm integrated vertically, y'all blow it. They tell me hustle, dumb it down, you might confuse me. It's like that weirdo rap you choose to. iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations, plus your on-demand music collection, all in one app. iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to Offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. All right, so I'm here with Jazz right now. We're actually at Red Bamboo enjoying a nice vegan meal. And I had to get you on the show because I looked at your Instagram and you do this whole, uh, I think it was a 20 day uh, challenge, vegan challenge. Yes, a 22 day vegan challenge. Yes, and I just need to have you on the show because I, I just want to understand, like, uh, what made you want to, you know, attempt to do that? So, um, I'm 
I'm Jazz. I'm a lifestyle editor at BT.com. I've been doing that for a few years now. Um, I've also been vegan for the past three years, I think it is now. Um, so veganism is like, everybody's vegan now. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, every, like every, or everybody's trying to be vegan. Yeah. I kind of feel like I became vegan like right before it became like a trend type of thing. Before it became fashionable. Yeah, before, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So before people were really talking about it like that, so I kind of didn't have too, like there wasn't people that I can talk to about it or not too much direction, like openly out there. Mm -hmm. But um, in my job doing what I do, I, one of the things is that I follow um, celebrities, uh, health and diet trends and things like that and this like at that time there was um this uh plant-based diet that i think it was for beyonce's miss carter world tour that she had been um kind of sort of uh putting out there on social media was this the lemon juice thing is that the same diet or no i've no, always heard that, that rumor was, yeah yeah the, that's i think the master cleanse with oh, just the okay. The lemon, the water, the maple syrup, and yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, no. Separate, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was something else that she was doing like a couple of years before. But th this was a plant-based diet that she was doing for a period, I think, before she went on the Miss Carter tour mm -hmm. and into the tour. And her body just like, I think by the time I caught on to it, it was like she was like on the tour and her body was just like amazing. Mm -hmm. And she had just dropped that um, digital album, right. the visual album that everybody was like talking about. And she just looked amazing and everybody was talking about her body. And she had talked about this plant-based 22 day kind of challenge thing that she was pushing. And I covered it for my job and I've always kind of been interested in health trends and stuff. That's what I wanted to do. Right. And I was like, I should try this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you just said, let me just jump right into it. It's like if it works for Beyonce, it works for anybody, that type of thing. Yeah, that's um, that's a good motto. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people live by that motto. So, um, yeah, I kind of like love Beyonce, um, yeah. like most people do, and I kind of um, hopped onto the bandwagon mm -hmm. and um, decided to try it out. I think um, at the time, like Lent was just about to start. Right. Um, I'm not like super super religious or anything like that, but um, I always practice Lent, and I was just like, okay, this might be something. So I always like to like give up something, and right. I feel like I've done like kind of everything in the book. So I was just like, okay, this is something to try for 22 days or 40 days. I, I was gonna do 22 days and then see how it went, right. type of thing. And um, I've always been. I've always felt that if you, like with anything, that if you kind of hold yourself accountable by like tracking and sharing what you do, it helps you, it helps other people, it just like, yeah, it helps you stay on track. It keeps the pressure on yourself to make sure you don't just go off track, it just, oh man, I really want to eat this and throw you off. I like that, that's yes. good. Um, was it hard, like a transition, like originally from saying, okay, now I'm just going to go straight into this, this challenge? from my original lifestyle was it hard making a transition okay so i feel like okay so now veganism is a trend and because i've been like doing it i still feel like a baby vegan and i'm three years in because there's wow. people who uh, like there's so much to learn like three years in 
this like in this like world is like nothing but um because everybody else is kind of like kind of newbie newer to it there i'm always getting like asked a bunch of questions and i always tell people like it's one i've always been very like a very health conscious person um i before i went vegan before i started this challenge i was um not eating red meat i hadn't eat, eaten red meat for a couple, few years before i started this challenge so i wasn't red meat i wasn't doing pork beef lamb chops anything besides like poultry and fish right, right. meat wise i wasn't really doing and on top of that i've never been um a meat like lover meat eater to begin right. with so i wasn't even eating meat like like chicken and fish all the time or every day sometimes i'd go days or like a week without eating any of that stuff so that the meat part was never really hard for me so i always preface like my journey with that i was never really a big meat eater um chicken like yeah i liked it again i just didn't eat it all the time big i was a big seafood lover still like every once in a while like get a little sad about seafood because i really do did enjoy seafood um i was eating eggs i wasn't even eating cheese that often only just like on obvious things like pizza macaroni um yeah macaroni and cheese but um other than that um i've always for the most part had non-dairy milk i grew up with my mom who's lactose intolerant so we always had non-dairy milk in the house almond milk soy milk uh yeah so okay. I preface that with my journey with a bunch of that stuff. So somebody who's big into dairy and big into meat, it'd probably be a lot harder for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying, how, how was the transition? Like, was it a tough transition, that whole thing? So the meat yeah. and the dairy part yeah. wasn't hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have to learn to live without eggs and seafood. And I feel like the challenge, doing the challenge, which you can maybe look at my Instagram a little bit, L-I-D-D-L-E underscore (laughs) B-I-T-T. The book that I used that Beyonce swore by, that was like my Bible throughout my whole like little challenge period. Um, It was by a plant-based trainer that she still works with to today. I think they released a second book actually this year, like 2019, like about, I don't know, a month or so ago, Um, like as a follow-up on the plant-based diet. Uh, I think the forward is by Beyonce. yeah, that was like my like little guidebook and had recipes and shopping lists and kind of and just had info like th- that was good to know as you are adopting a plant-based diet that I feel like having those guidelines and that structure really helped for me for it to become like a what winded up being a permanent thing. I didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people I see try to go vegan or tell me they want to go vegan and it never actually sticks, which is fine because to each their own, I'm not like, be vegan, go vegan, right. like, or whatever. But they, different things work for different people. But I feel like they kind of go in blindsided and they don't, they don't know like what to do other than to eat salad. And I don't eat salad. Um, like, oh really? That I rarely. It's very like it's very rare that I sit down and just like eat a salad. Like so that helps me. That book helped me learn how to prepare. I honestly never been a big cook. I always like to bake. 
but never been a big cook. And when I became vegan, I started to cook, actually cooking. So that also just it just helped me prepare like my food and like be an adult and like okay. eat nutritious things. But yeah. So I definitely recommend, I feel like that's where people fall off, like yeah. they don't know what to do, and I'm not a nutritionist, so I can't like tell you you need to eat like A, B, and C, but if you get the book or you speak to a nutritionist, some type of structure, any type of structure, I feel like would help if this is, if being vegan or following plant-based diet is something that you want to do. Okay. And now I have to ask, have you seen any like changes in your body from, you know, originally eating, like you said, you were eating eggs and things of that nature, and then transitioning to having more vegan meals? Has there been a change in your body that you've noticed? Yes, definitely. Um, the changes in uh, my health, physically and mentally, is the reason why I'm still vegan. That's what made me stay vegan. So I, like I said, I did the challenge. I wanted to try it from Lent. The challenge um, was for 22 days because it goes off of the whole theory that it takes 21 days to build a habit. By the 22nd day, you've already formed it, so that's why it has that set amount. Um, Totally think if someone's interested in trying veganism, they should just try it, even if it's not for 21, 22 days, like however long you want to try it, go for it. Um, But I just decided, I put in my head that I was going to stick to this, and held myself accountable for it on my social media um and it got to the 22nd day but just like oh my gosh i feel so great i'm gonna keep going lent's not over i'll stick it out till the end of lent when easter came lent was over still like was just like uh i'm feeling great don't wanna um stop doing this so i kept going it probably wasn't like for a couple of months before i even like used the word vegan like because i feel like it's just like a very um the the label vegan comes with a lot of negative uh connotation behind it so now that was actually my next question um how has it been like with friends and family when you told them okay this is my choice of you know what type of food i want to eat were they negative about it or supportive or was it like a mixed bag? I feel like it was like a mixed bag. Um, I feel like for me, mostly people are just kind of interested, kind of just curious. Especially because everybody's like trying to change their diet, even if it's not veganism, vegetarianism, dairy-free, gluten-free. Um, yeah, so for me, it, for my friends, it was just like kind of more interest. Um, my, I live with my mom. My mom was... Um, She's also kind of like into health and things like that. She would never go vegan. Um, well, I never say never, but it's just not for her, which I totally respect. Um, and she totally respects my decision too. She kind of was just like, oh, this is kind of like, this is cool. Like, what do you eat? Like, again, just curious type of things. And she's um, courteous of my diet and is like always making sure like I'm good and I have stuff to eat. And I'm always like, it's not that crazy. Like I can, you figure you figure it out, especially once you get into it. Um, some of my, um, I'm Puerto Rican, so some of my um, older family and relatives, my grandparents and things like that, they like. I mean, I don't see them that often, but when we do get together and there's like that family gatherings, always food and stuff like that, they're always so concerned. They always think like, 
I'm gonna like waste away and like <laughs> I'm all of a twist and like they feel so sorry for me and I'm just like it's fine I mean Spanish in, in Hispanic culture like food is a big deal so I get it but um you learn to yeah you just learn to adapt and I mean I put together um, meals like you learn to put together like a dope meal with like a bunch of sides which like I know like if you're a meat eater you're just like what that sounds crazy like what's the main course type of thing but I've also again I, like I said I've learned to make dishes too so a lot of times at family gatherings I'll like make something meaty. and I'll, you find these recipes and honestly they're delicious and like everybody likes them the non-vegans like them the vegans like them don't even realize because they kind of have it in mind like oh yeah. it's vegan it must be weird it must be different but then they taste it like oh it's delicious you know so uh, and that's like another um not so much for my family because they know but just like whenever i make a dish and i bring it to like a, a dinner or whatever it is yeah. i kind of almost don't even like to tell people that it's vegan mm -hmm. if they don't already know just to because i feel like if you say it then it already puts this, it already puts this like idea that it's not going to be good in their mind. So yeah, that's just a note. Like, and then they're pleasantly surprised when we tell them afterwards that it's okay. All right, so um. You know, obviously, just to, to wrap everything up, I wonder if you could let everybody know where they can follow you. I know you mentioned earlier your uh, Instagram on if you want to, or is, it was Instagram. Mm -hmm. Do you want to repeat it again for everyone they want to follow and pick up some tips? Yeah, sure. Um, my, I'm on all social media handles, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, um, L-I-D-D-L-E underscore B-I-T-T. And I don't post all the time. I'm going to be posting more. But I do, I mean, the 22 day challenge is the first thing that I started off with. Um, I also did a raw vegan challenge in the fall for 18 days. That was a crazy experience. I would do uh, green smoothie challenges and yeah, all types of um, plant-based friendly challenges because I just think that structure kind of helps you stick to things. So does accountability. All right, definitely. Um, and also check her out on BET.com. She has the latest news on what's going on in style, entertainment, health, she has everything. So, Jazz, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. And um, you got me going on the whole vegan diet now. I got to try some stuff. So I'm taking some of your tips. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke, F-A-S-T, fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Sports Social with Eddie St. June, we're back. And like I said, since we're staying more on the, the, uh, the vegan kick right now, um, just after doing the interview and then heading over to opening day and with the Yankees and I was really curious about the different options they had at Yankee Stadium because 
let's be honest, you have to have different opportunities and just to see what other people may have. You can't just go there and just say, okay, I'm vegan. Um, I'm just not going to eat there. There has to be some options. And this has been a, a pretty much a new thing with baseball and the different ballparks, having vegan options. So I, I noticed as I was walking around the stadium, they have vegan black bean, a vegan black bean burger, which is an option now. Um, there's vegan sushi. There's, of course, you know, salads, a garden salad there. Uh, we have, I, I saw like a special, like, not really, it's not a hot dog, but it's like a vegan style hot dog. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I actually tried, I was eating more of the burger. That's the first thing I named because the burger was pretty good. It was a, a vegan black bean burger and it was in Yankee Stadium. It took me a while to kind of find it, but once I got there, it was uh, it was really good, very enjoyable. Um, I wasn't, I'm not going to say it tastes exactly like a hamburger, but if you are a big burger fan and you're making that transition over to just going full vegan, that's an option there. And this is just at a ballpark. So every ballpark has its own options. I'm going to go to uh, City Field and try theirs as well. But of course, if you haven't, you know, enjoyed the dining experience at Yankee Stadium, they have some really good food. I do have to put that out there. I'm a foodie at heart, as you can tell from the conversation. Enjoy it. Go out there. Try different things. Don't just stick with the um the, the chicken strips, even though they are amazing. They have a nice variety. And enjoy the game. That's the uh, the main focus there. Now, with that being said, I was talking about how, you know, opening day festivities, there's the, uh, you got the bands coming in. You got people just flooding in on a Thursday afternoon. So people are leaving work early just to go to opening day. And it's a normal thing every single year to to go there to kick off the baseball season. Kickoff, that just sounds weird, right? But um, it was, uh, like I said, it was a lot of fun to just get away and uh, get to the game. The weather was pretty nice. I posted some photos on uh, my Twitter at Eddie Jr. Check it out, as well as my Instagram. You guys can check that out later. It was a uh, Nice weather. It wasn't. It didn't feel too cold, but it wasn't as warm as you would have hoped for. But for opening day, and I've seen past opening days, I believe it was 1998, in the snow, they had a, a baseball game with the Yankees. And I, I'm trying to remember if it was against the Twins or not, but it was in the snow. And uh, it, it's just one of those things. The weather gets weird around this time because you're making the transition from uh, winter and spring and March, April always seemed to get a little difficult. So other than that, it was just a great experience. And I want to get let you guys listen to a little bit of what I heard at the game. Um, obviously, you're not going to be able to see it, but just hear the PA announcer as he announced the uh, Yankees lineup going into the 2019 regular season. We welcome the 40-time American League champions and 27-time world champions, the New York Yankees. Head athletic trainer, Steve Donahue. Physical therapist and assistant trainer, Michael Schultz. Assistant trainer, Tim Lintage. Director of Strength and Conditioning, 
Matthew Kraut. Strength and conditioning coach, Drew Weinberg. Equipment managers, Rob Kakusa and Lou Kakusa Jr. And massage therapist, Doug Cecil. The Yankees coaches. Batting practice pitcher, Danilo Valiente. The first base coach, number 50, Reggie Willis. The hitting coach, number 62, Marcus Tim. Assistant hitting coach, number 63, P.J. Pelotero. Major League Quality Control Coach, number 64, Carlos Mendoza. In the bullpen, catching coach, Jason Brown. And bullpen catcher, Radley Haddad. The bullpen coach, number 60, Mike Parkey. And the pitching coach, Number 58, Larry Rothschild. The third base coach, number 35, Phil Nevin. And the Yankees bench coach, number 59, Josh Barr. Now the Yankees non-starters. Number zero, Adam Ottavino. Number 26, DJ LeMayhew. Number 28, Austin Roman. Number 34, Jay Happ. Number 39, Mike Tochman. Number 48, Tommy Canely. Number 53, Zach Britton. Number 54, Aroldus Chapman. Number 55, Domingo Herman. Number 56, Jonathan Holder. Number 57, Chad Green. Number 65, James Paxton. Number 71, Stephen Tarpley. And number 85, Luis Sessa. And now, ladies and gentlemen, presented by Halstead, the Yankees' starting lineup.
First, the manager, number 17, Aaron Boone. Number 17. Leading off the center field, number 11, Brett Gardner. Number 11. Batting second, the right fielder, number 99, Aaron Judge. Number 99. Batting third, the left fielder, number 27, John Carlo Stanton. Number 27. Batting fourth, the Yankees designated hitter, number 45, Luke Voigt. Number 45. Batting fifth, the third baseman, number 41, Miguel Andujar. Number 41. Batting sixth, in the bullpen, the catcher, number 24, Gary Sanchez, number 24. Batting seventh, the first baseman, number 33, Greg Bird, number 33. Batting eighth, the second baseman, number 25, Glaber Torrance, number 25. And batting ninth, the shortstop, number 12, Troy Tulowitzki, number 12. And today's starting pitcher for the Yankees is number 19, Masahiro Tanaka, number 19. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2019 New York Yankees. Hit that on the nose. Aaron Judge is aboard, and that'll bring up Stanton. Another one ripped into right. Judge will go to second, and he will turn and come to third. And he's going to make it. Aggressive base running by the Bombers and both Judge and Stanton aboard. Count. Great hitters count. Wind blowing out to left for Voigt. to center field. This one's deep. Back goes Mullins. Looking up. It's gone. Luke Voigt starts things off with a bang. A three-run home run. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies. Like the storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. We were able to get in touch with each other in no time. no idea how to find each other. My husband kept the kids occupied. our son, but there was no reception. Everything was down. I felt, I felt like, like breaking we handled down everything crying, very but well. I had to try and stay calm. The, the whole, whole experience, experience was fine. was the most frightening ten hours of my life. It was, it was kind, kind of like, like a little family adventure. hopes will never happen to her. I remember, I remember the, the relief of being I together. I realized he was out there all alone. If, if there's, there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms, moms out there, there it's to stay it's calm ignore and keep to message. the plan. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Start your plan at ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
As usual, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's episode. A special thank you to Miss Jazz for just coming on the show and uh, giving me her thoughts on the whole vegan challenge. And it was a 22-day journey to veganism. Check out the whole story. She has a whole breakdown on her Instagram. And I told you I was going to spell it out for you guys. It's L-I-D-D-L-E underscore B-I-T-T underscore V-E-G-A-N-F-I-T. Okay, so that's little underscore bit underscore vegan fit. Check that out. A lot of great stuff. Some of the smoothies and things that she's made uh, just to go with the challenge. It's it's some, like I said, it's great. You heard the conversation, but if you want more detail, that is the best way to handle it. Uh, until next time, always hit me up at Ed Easton Jr. Um, I would spell it out again, but I'm pretty sure you guys got it by now. Hit me up. Let me know what you want to hear on the show. And um, we'll try to get it to you. So until next time, everybody listening on iHeart, everybody listening on Spotify, as well as our listeners on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Take care. Catch you next time.